Welcome to the official podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel Indy West. Our desire is to make authentic disciples of Christ who worship Him, walk with Him, and work for Him. You can find more information about Harvest by visiting our website at www.harvestindywest.org or by downloading our app from your app store. We pray today's podcast will encourage your pursuit of Jesus Christ. a joy and a privilege to be back with you and we've been praying for that day for a long time and it's I'm grateful for all your support and everything that you do for Harvest Georgetown. Thank you Pastor Doug and Karen for your friendship, for your love and care. Larry, Denise, uh, all those guys who are keeping us in their home, feeding us every day. Thank you for all the good food. Thank you for everything, for, your, for all your hospitality. I promise that I will speak properly. I, as my accent, you know, I have a French and Creole accent so that you can understand me. Amen? <laughs> and by the way, I have that guy, Toto. He's my friend. I carry, I carry him everywhere I go. One day, Toto was speaking to his father. And he said, his father told him, Toto, Speak properly so that people can understand what you're saying. Because pe- people who do not speak properly and they do not understand what they are saying are foolish. Do you understand me, Toto? No, Daddy. <laughs> I hope this is not going to be the case this morning. Let's go to the, to the Word of God. Open your Bibles with me in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. If you don't know where it is, Mark chapter 4 is after chapter 3, okay? (laughs) And we're going to read from verses uh, 35 to 41. It says, Jesus calms a storm. Let me read for you. It says, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across the other side. Let us go across the other side and live in the crowd They took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. There was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? Who then is this? Who then is this? Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who then is this? Who then is this that even the sea and the wind obey him? (laughs) 
let's pray. God, even the sea and the wind obey you. Sometimes as your children, we do not obey you. And many times, Father, we have to pay for the consequences of our bad decisions, of our lack of obedience. God, I pray, Father, that you help us to walk in obedience to you. Wherever we go, your word would be on our lips to worship you not only with what we say, but with our lifestyle. And when the storms come, help us, Lord, to trust in you and in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And uh, you, you may read this passage from, from, from Mark, and you say, wow, this is not for me because I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a disciple. Jesus only had 12 disciples, and they, they're all dead now. I hope you know that. But many of us would believe that, and many of us, for sure, will never experience a situation like this as it is described in this passage. But let me tell you, there will be a time in the life of all Christians when we will experience a storm. And the way we handle the storm may in many ways determine how we spend the rest of our Christian life. And in this passage, it is clear that the, the disciples are in the middle of a storm. Let me remind you one thing before I start, that storms do not discriminate. Storms happen to everyone, whether saved or unsaved, rich or poor, believers or unbelievers, Adventists, Baptists, or Pentecostal. Everyone experiences storms in life. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 45, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That means, theologically, storms happen by direct causation as a manifestation of God's sovereignty. What do I mean by God's sovereignty? Nothing happens in the life of any Christian by accident. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens by luck. It happens because God makes it happen or allows it to happen. I can think of many biblical storms. One is Job, who is described as a man of the highest integrity in the Bible. In fact, God's testimony of Job was that there was no man like him in all the earth who walked in integrity before God and before men. Yet, yet, 
Satan, the devil, was permitted by God. I said, Satan was permitted by God. He received permission from God to afflict Job with all sorts of trouble, including the death of his children, the destruction of his home, and the decimation of his livelihood. Why it happened? You may ask yourself that question. I have the answer for you. Because God has his hand over the faucet of fruitfulness, he can turn it off anytime to teach us lifelong lessons. Job was very rich and he lost everything. And after those life lessons, Job was able to say, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What a reaction to the storm. And we know also the story of Joseph who was betrayed by his own brothers. Some of you may be in this church today. You, you have been betrayed by one of your friends, one of your family members. And at the end of the story, Joseph told them what you all meant for evil. God turned it into good. And this is the God that we serve. Are you facing a storm today? When I use the term storm, I use it as a metaphor for difficult situations, for problems, bad circumstances, unexpected tragedy. One day, Jesus ordered his disciples to get into the boat. He ordered them, remember that, he ordered them to get into the boat to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So these experienced fishermen boarded their boat in obedience to God. Suddenly, a storm came and began to shatter their entire belief system and cause them to panic. Sometimes it happens to us. I may have all the theological degrees. It takes me one storm to shatter my entire belief system. In other words, the obedience of those disciples, their obedience to God, literally took them into the nucleus of a disaster because God, Jesus, was the one who told them to get into the boat and go to the other, to the other side of the sea. The disciples have discovered, as many of us have discovered today, that you can be in the center of God's will and still be in a storm. You can be obeying God and still be in a storm. 
So don't complain about your situation today when things are not going your way. You say, God, you called me to come into this church. God, you put me in this family. God, you gave me this job. God, you do this for me. You asked me to do this for me. You can be in the center of God's will and still be in a storm. And you could notice that Jesus could have stayed on the shore and let them take all the chances by themselves. But he did not do that. He went with them on the boat. And the passage says that there were other boats that were many people were going to perish on that day. Not only the boat of the disciples on which Jesus was, but also all the other boats because all of them, they were in the middle of a storm. He went with them. I wish I could tell you that following Jesus means life is going to be like a bed of roses. Things are going to be nice all the time. I didn't come here to, to tell you this morning that following Jesus means that the waters of life are always going to be quiet. I didn't come here this morning to tell you that following Jesus means that you will never have to face hardships in your life. I can't tell you this. Because I know storms will come, difficulties will come. And there's a lot of teaching today as well as many Christian books that tell you that if you follow Jesus, then you will never have to face any challenges in life. That's not true. That was not true for the disciples. That was not true for Jesus himself. And that is not true for anybody who is following Jesus And we can see it in this passage, which leads us to point number one of your sermon outline. Following Jesus, you might, you might want to write it down. Following Jesus does not offer immunity from troubles. Not because you're following Jesus, that means you are immune from troubles. You are safe from trouble. Instead, the day you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's when your problems start. Because before, the devil didn't care about who you are because you were serving him, he doesn't care. But the time you decide to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he starts to cause trouble in your life. And there's a lesson we can learn right here in this passage. If you are going to be in a storm, the one person you want in your boat is Jesus. And often, we are faced with situations that, never, that we never see coming. A medical, a medical diagnosis, a child in trouble, or a business that begins to fail, and we must deal with it whether we like it or not. Sometimes we don't like it, but we have to deal with it. And we have to somehow cross the sea to go to the other side. But allow me to tell you what a storm in your life does not mean. A storm in your life does not mean that God doesn't love you. But God uses circumstances to wake up his people. Some of us are sleeping sometimes. God wants to wake us up. Sometimes God allows sickness to hate to hate us because that's the only time he can speak to us 
Sometimes we are too busy. We get caught into, we get caught in our job, in our business. Oh, we have that big company. We have this, we have that work. We have the family to take care of. We have the children to take to school. I wake up on morning. Oh, I cannot come to church. I have to prepare for the, for the school. I have to prepare the uniform. I have to do this. I have to do that. I cannot come to church. I do have time to serve, to church, to serve in church. And we refuse to listen to Jesus when he wants to speak to us. The same Toto I, I, I told you about, Toto has his uncle, and Toto's uncle came to his house. While they were eating, Toto says to his uncle, Uncle, can I tell you something? No, Toto, no talking while we are eating. You can tell me later. After a while, they finish eating. Toto, what is it you wanted to tell me? A fly was in your soup. This is the same situation when Jesus wants to warn, to warn us about situations that are coming because he's sovereign. He knows that bad situations are coming. He wants, to, he wants to warn us, but we refuse to listen to him. We don't have time for God. We don't have time to read our Bible on morning. We don't have time to pray because we are so busy making a living. You can spend your entire life to save for your retirement and then you don't even have time to enjoy it. The time you spend with Jesus is never wasted. Storms give us the opportunity to listen to God and experience Him in the midst of our hardships. Life comes with troubles, loved ones. We will always have troubles, whether or not you follow Jesus. Troubles, form, troubles come for the good, people and for the bad people as well. But you get to choose if you want him to join you in your trouble or if you'd rather go through your trouble alone. I choose, I choose Jesus. And I like the fact that they were on a boat with Jesus. Amen. They were on a boat with Jesus experiencing the storm of their lives. And there is something that is extremely important, loved ones, I want to share with you. More often, we experience storms because we are the ones who violate, who violate God's covenant. Many times, we experience storms in our lives because we disobey God. We don't do what God asks us to do. We believe that oh, I'm a big man, I'm a big woman, I own my own life, I can do whatever I want. Since when? We are the reason for unanswered prayers because we do not obey God. But in this passage, this is not the case. The disciples are in the will of God on a boat with him. They are with Jesus. And their obedience took them in the storm. And you may not be on a boat today, but wherever you find yourself, loved ones, God has you there for a purpose. All of us need to know that we are here for a purpose. Not only we are on this earth for a purpose, but you are in the family that you are in the, you are in the household, a household that you are. 
You are in the marriage that you are. You are in the church that you are for a specific purpose. Are you fulfilling your purpose? God has you here for a purpose. Some of us say, some of, some of, some of, some of us might say, you know, you know, I'm not gifted. I cannot serve. But you are here for a purpose. God will use you. Remember, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. If God calls you, he's going to equip you for his service. No matter who you are. If God can use me today, me say, as a sinner, and today I'm sharing God's word with you, what else he cannot do? If God can change me, he can change you too. If God can transform my life for his glory, he can do the same with you as well. Following Jesus, does it offer immunity from troubles? But loved ones, I want, you to, I want to say something to you. As, as Christians, our trust in God will be, put to, will be put to the test. Our faith will be put to the test. But remember, the teacher is always silent during the test. God is silent because he wants the testimony to be complete. Sometimes God allows things to happen because he wants the testimony to be complete, because he wants to get all the glory. And because I know that, you may feel weak, loved ones, before the storms. Remember that Jesus did not promise a smooth sailing, but he did promise a safe, a safe passage. It's not going to be smooth all the time. We will have many turns and twists, but he promised a safe passage. And because I know that, you might want to write this down. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without Jesus. Let me say this again. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than anywhere else without him. Following Jesus, does that offer immunity from troubles? Point number two. When something is out of your control, it is not out of God's control. Why I said that? The reality is that you exist in a fallen world. Some people make bad decisions that affect your life, that affect your family, that affect your job, that affect your ministry, that affect your church, that affect everything that you are. Your body will not operate the way it was meant to or the way it used to. You will get sick sometimes. Circumstances will be out of your control. And I don't know what your life has been before. But without any of that information, loved ones, I can tell you something. Trouble will find your address. Trouble will find you someday, no matter who you are. And look at verse 37. It says, as they were sailing peacefully. Look at that. Understand the adverb, peacefully. As they were sailing peacefully. As if nothing is going to happen. Oh, we're going to get to our destination. 
because the, 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 the sea is quiet as they were sailing peacefully. Guess what happened? A great storm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. The boat was already full with water. Not only their boat, their boats. And they were going to die. And things were really out of control. And the worst thing, the only person who could do something was sleeping. Imagine, the, you are in a boat with somebody. The only person who can save you is sleeping. Imagine you're in a boat and then the Coast Guard, they come to save you and they are sleeping. Can that happen? It cannot happen. The only person who could do something was asleep. What a dilemma. That's more than the storm. As human beings, loved ones, we are created as the most intellectual beings on earth. Our ability, however, doesn't make us invincible. No matter who you are, you're not invincible. I shared with the, with the congregation this morning, I'm a second-degree black belt in martial arts. I can fight, but there's always somebody who is better than me. I'm not invincible. And that's the same thing that applies in life. Sometimes we think because we have a good job, we have a good family, we have some degrees, some PhDs, and then we think that nothing can happen to us. We are invincible. We don't need God. That's why a lot of us believe sometimes because life is rosy, it's nice, the setting is smooth. But we have to admit, loved ones, that there are circumstances we cannot fix. Relationships we cannot restore and pain we can't heal no matter how hard we try. But God wants us to understand that only he can do the impossible. So when you are trying your best, it seems nothing is happening, let go and trust God. And trust God alone. Trust his word. For it is written, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. When something is out of your control, it is not out of God's control. As you see in this passage, the disciples need someone to rescue them. But let me remind you, this rescue isn't something fellow human beings can do for us or we can do for ourselves. We cannot rescue ourselves. That's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us. If we could have rescued ourselves, there would be no significance for God to send his son to die on the cross for us. We cannot save ourselves. Sometimes, because we have a big job, we have, we, have, we have a lot of degrees. I studied at Harvard University, or I studied at the University of Indiana. That's how you say it, right? <laughs> Sometimes we think that God needs us more than we need him. But once, after all that I have been through in my life, 
I came to the realization that God doesn't need me for anything. I need God for everything. Every day, God keeps reminding me that I need him for everything, no matter who I am, no matter what I do. I cannot do it without God. Sometimes, when situations happen, when circumstances happen, when they come, God may not change your situation because he wants to change your heart. Because he wants to change you. And he sees you in your struggle. Even if he seems to be asleep because he's God. And he wants your struggles to develop your strength. Loved ones, God allows crushing circumstances to drive us to our knees. And that's what happens in this passage with the disciples. They are, they, they are before a great storm. They don't know what to do. So they have to go on their knees and cry out to God. So God allows crushing circumstances to drive us to our knees. And remember that when something is out of your control, it is not out of God's control. I say this because... Situations can catch you by surprise, but nothing is a surprise to God. Therefore, do not get anxious because of your circumstances. Spurgeon says, Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it empties today of its strength. You may be frustrated by what is happening to you, you may be frustrated by your situation, but you are today where God wants you to be. You are today where God brought you, and you will be tomorrow where God takes you. It's a matter of choice. It's a big battle for all of us in this life. Storms will come, but during this battle of ones, don't ask God for a lighter burden. Ask him for broader shoulders. Sometimes we say, it's too hard for me, God. I cannot handle this anymore. But God may not make the, the, the burden lighter, but he will give you broader shoulders so that you can handle it. And that's where he develops your strength. And as you see in the passage that I mentioned about Job, his life, he became a, he became a better man. Because when God is with you, Nobody can touch you. Unless he allows it to happen. Following Jesus doesn't offer immunity from troubles. When something is out of your control, it is not out of God's control. Point number three. You might want to write it down as well. The man of faith takes God at his word. Fear and faith are incompatible Fear and faith cannot live in the same heart, loved ones. For fear always blinds the eyes to the presence of God. Jesus is telling us to walk by faith and not by sight. That means to trust God even when things don't make sense to you. I remember when Monique and I, we decided to go into full-time ministry. I was working for the government. I had a good job. I was working as a teacher. I was a translator and interpreter, working, you know, making some, some, some kind of money. 
and God, and I received a calling from God. When I, when I told my, my fellow workers that I'm going into full-time ministry, they told me, Michel, you're crazy. Because they see it as how you can make it. Because back home, pastors don't make it financially. When they die, people have to contribute for their funeral. They see one aspect, the financial aspect, but they don't see the spiritual. Oh, God is using this to transform my own life. They said that in 2016, that I was crazy, but I'm still crazy for God. Up to today, I'm still crazy, and I'm, I'm getting crazier every day. It's about faith. When things don't make sense to you, trust God. If you trust God only on the good days or only in the best circumstances, it would not be faith at all. It would be more like a business arrangement. And this is not our business. The man of faith takes God at his word. Loved ones, there are things in life that you and I are never going to figure out. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you're going to know everything. You will not know everything. While you may not understand what God, why God or laws trials to enter your lives, never take the presence of the storms as the, as the absence of God. Because circumstances cannot touch God's peace. The ones, I love the song that we sang this morning. God's promises never fail. The ones, God's promises will never bounce back like a bad check. He's always faithful. Back home, we have people giving people a bad check. When you think it's a good check, it's a bad check. It bounces back. But God is always faithful. Faith is what he's asking us to have. Faith is taking the first step, even if you don't see the entire staircase. I may not see the entire picture, but I trust my God. I remember I said, it, I, I said it here once when I was preaching. Faith may not know. Faith does not necessarily know where he's going, but he knows who is leading. I may not know where I'm going, but when God says so, I believe him and I trust him. I will take the first step, even if I don't see the entire staircase. The man of faith takes God at his word. The way you live your life will reflect the faith you have in God. A time will come when you feel agitated like those disciples. A time will, will come when you feel concerned about the storm you are facing, about your situation. A time will come when you feel concerned about your family, your daughter, your son, your job, your friends. Listen, you are not alone. There are times in my life I don't see no way out. And I need to remind myself that the Lord is my strength and my shield. He's the God of the storm. Let me tell you something about storms. Sometimes God calms the storm, but at times he allows the storm to calm us. That's why David says in Psalm, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
No matter what happens, trust God, praise God. Godless people cannot rejoice when their prosperity stops. Godless people cannot rejoice when there's a national calamity. But we as Christians, we can because we have joy and God has promised future satisfaction and happiness. The man of faith takes God at his word. The man of faith also knows that God has resources he knows nothing about. Loved ones, God has so many resources that we don't know about. Sometimes you are in a situation, you ask yourself, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to make it? And God suddenly opens a way. God has resources that we know nothing about. So when everything fails you, do like the disciple in this passage. Cry out to God and to God alone. For to cry to men is to waste your time. Don't cry to me. Don't cry to Pastor Doug. He may help you. He may give you some advice. But the only person who can really help you is God. And what Pastor Doug will do, he will direct you to God. When you consider the readiness of the Lord to heal and his ability to help, we have reasons for directing our appeals at once to the God of salvation. It is ironic here because this is a time when you would think it was impossible to sleep. And Jesus was sleeping. I remember when I was working for, uh, 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 as a teacher and then uh, one of my co-workers uh, uh, saw me sleeping on the table. He said, Michel, Michel, wake up. It's time for you to go to class. And I say, in Jesus' name, amen. I behave as if I was praying. But don't use that. Don't do that. Don't lie. That was a good trick. Sometimes that never happened to you. You're talking to somebody and they fall asleep. That never happened to you. Yeah. Jesus as a man was asleep, but God never sleeps, loved ones. Jesus was asleep for one reason, because he rested confidently in the will of the Father. And the disciples should have known that. They didn't. The disciples wondered, how can he sleep through the storm? How can he sleep when we are in danger? They expected him to be attentive to their needs, even in his sleep. Loved ones, the natural response to the storms of life is doubt and fear. But Jesus is capable of calming the storm in our lives. When you doubt, look around. Jesus is telling you, I am closer than you think. And that's what happened. He told the disciple, why have you no faith? Are you in the middle of a crisis? And it seems that God is off somewhere taking a nap. Cry out to him. Even if he doesn't seem responsive to you, keep praying. And you do that, as I said, by praying. When God seems to close his ears, we must not, therefore, close our mouth. But let me tell you this. If you only pray when you are in trouble, you are in trouble. Don't forget to pray Today, because God didn't forget to wake you up this morning. I, I, I read that somewhere, and I love it. When life is rough, pray. When life is great, pray. Our prayers have no expiration date. You never know when, where, or how God will answer. But you cannot treat God 
as a big aspirin pill. We come only when we are hurt. If you pray only when you are in trouble, you are in trouble. Prayer is the greatest wireless connection, and you need no internet. Sometimes the thing that we take for granted, other people are praying for. We need to pray. That's why when you pray, don't think about the things you didn't get after praying. Think of the countless blessings that, gave, that God gave you without asking. That's why the disciples were saying to each other, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus will never jump off the boat and leave you alone, loved ones. He's with you in the storm. He promised me, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. You may not see him, you may not feel him, but you are not by yourself. Don't focus so much on the storm that you lose awareness of the God of the storm. He's there with you, and he's never in a hurry. And he has you in mind. He knows and understands your situation. He cares for you. His timing is perfect. He's always watching out for us. Peter says, for the, eyes, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. At the perfect time, God will exercise his power over the storm of your life. So trust him. But remember, he does not go by our time. His timing, just at the right time, Jesus will stand up and calm the storm of your life. But during that storm, have the attitude of no matter how long it takes, I'm holding on to what God says. I'm not going to give up. And I know some of you have been through a lot or still going through a storm or you are in the center of a storm right now, just like me. But let me remind you, clay in the hands of a good potter suffers many turns. But in the end, you will see its intended shape. If your face is always turned to God, the shadows of darkness, the shadows of bad circumstances will always be behind you. Just God. Remember, following Jesus does it, does it mean, does it offer immunity from troubles? When something is out of your control, it is not out of God's control. And the last point I shared with you, the man of faith, not only men, women of faith as well, take God at his word. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. Oh, this is the day that you have made. We thank you because your word is so powerful. And many times we find ourselves in bad situations. We don't know how we're going to make it and you open a door. Help us, O oh Lord, to remember that you are God and God alone. Sometimes you may not take the problem away to change us, to change our heart. And remember what happened with the people of, of Israel before the Red Sea. You did, not, you, you did not remove the Red Sea, but you opened it. Help us to trust you, Lord. And I pray that God, your people would understand who you are during the storm. They would put their faith in you. They would walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name. Amen.